Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, that means you're basically like a VIP member and you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get um first dibs on signing up for a live show you get episodes with no commercials you get our video because our video is no longer available on youtube it is only on patreon and the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows but also bonus episodes each month but if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. Because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> this is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey, y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. This is your bloody happy hour. This is the real edition. The real edition. We're real thirsty and we're real bougie and fancy. I don't know why. We just are. <laughs> uh, even with my... Even, well, well, Rachel over here. I'm going to call her Rachel today because Rachel with the wet hair, she likes to leave her house uh, with her hair wet because she is trying to be... Uh, on my list that we made in high school. List yeah. Of... Y'all, I was just, it's rushing, we're recording on an off day, and it's late in the afternoon, I don't know why I was rushing, but I just decided to wash my hair, you know, 20 minutes before we have to be here, and I left the house with my hair wet, and I remember in high school, shout out to, to, if you're in my art class, and maybe sophomore, junior year, we made a list of things that make you trash, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I would say part of things it would that be, make you carnival trash yeah. and cracker jack trash and i don't even know why we were doing this but sorry miss matt miss matthews we were working on this list <laughs> and not art and one of them was if you leave the house with your hair wet and you just like show up with like your hair wet and um i hope so when i walked out the house i was like i officially made my own list you did i'm pretty proud of you <laughs> Oh, anyways, anyways, anyways. Okay. Oh, I have a question. Can you tell me, uh, do you, did y'all ever do Elf? We didn't have Elf on the show. No. Do you love it though? Don't you love seeing everybody's pictures? No. Of their, that, oh, you don't? No. I oh. was just telling Caroline that. Oh, no. Um, 
You don't like that? You don't, I'm so, so over the ideas are so Elf creative. on the fucking shelf. I'm so over <laughs> Elf on the Shelf. If I had a little kid, I would still not get Elf on the Shelf. It's ridiculous. And the elf is probably going to come alive and kill you guys at some point. Like, it's a little, that evil little thing, it's horrible. So, elf on the fucking shelf, I need that to be over because I am over it. I am over it. I I mean, I, I like the idea of the elf getting, like, arrested. The elf needs to have fucking consequences. Like, where's the mama that's, like, whooping the elf's ass? Get a little elf belt and whoop the elf's ass for, I don't rub it i saw one it was like there's chocolate all over the toilet and the toilet paper so it's supposed to, and then like the elf's ass is in the toilet so it looks like he got shit everywhere so where's the ass whooping for the elf april everybody sharts okay even elves <laughs> even elves. where's the ass whooping for the elf well and i have this friend who she's white her husband's black and then one year it was like they had a white elf and then then the next year she sent a group text to the family like is our, I think she lost it. She's like, was our elf like white or brown? And then they were like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. So they had to really, she had to, she had to go buy a new elf, but she couldn't remember what color she bought. So I guess she bought the other color. And it was this whole conversation about the elf that she posted on the Facebook or whatever. See, and I was like, this is too stressful. It is. It is. And I believe in lying to your kids, but this is extreme. <laughs> this is extreme. Like, stop it at Santa Claus. Keep that lie going. Wait, what? <laughs> Keep that lie going, and then if you need me to sing my Santa Claus song to him, I will when you're ready for them to know the truth. But Oh, wait. What is that song? Bitch, we sing it every year. Ain't no Santa, ain't no Claus, ain't nobody but Jamal and Paul. That's it? Yes. You do not have any recollection of... Remember my father-in-law used to sing it when like my, when Trent and them were young. Okay, because I was there. <laughs> but I said I say it every Christmas you on do. the podcast. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, that's... If you're Elf on the Shelf with your kids, you're a red flag. I'm adding that to the red <laughs> Add flag. Add it to the list! Yeah. Can we say what's the list? I think the only red flag... Cat. The only Elf on the Shelf Utah. that may be okay is the Snoop Dogg one. There is a Snoop Dogg version. Oh, that's different then. That's kind of... That's a different game. Yeah. It's like, where's the weed? I don't know. <laughs> uh, nurses. nurses. Elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Um, private homeschool. That is the biggest red flag. I mean, now, uh, yeah. So if you homeschool your kids and you do Elf on the shelf. What if you're a nurse kids- who lives in Utah with a cat and has Elf on the shelf for their kids? <laughs> and your kids homeschooled. And they're homeschooling. We're going to be talking about you on a quickie real soon. <gasps> Speaking of last tangent is the, have you seen that HBO documentary, Love Has Won? Is that what it's called? Mm, no. Uh, it's a cult about this lady who is, thinks she's Mother God, and they have her taking this collided silver. What's Mother God? She is Mother God. She made that up. Yes, and she basically was taking this collided silver, which is something that's just, I don't even know what the hell it does, but she was saying she she was going to die, and so she's taking the silver, but when she does die, Robin Williams is going to come back as, like, 
he's gonna come back. He's gonna rise again. Oh. And so then she, this bitch turns blue in the show. this silver? Yes. Or she turned it silver. But she, she looks great. Willy really Wonka's chocolate factory and eating the blueberry? Yes. She <laughs> ate the blueberry. Love has one. Is that what I said it was called? Because that's uh-huh. what it's called. Yes. And she was known as Mother God in this cult. And I have not watched it, but I I'm, will, watch I'm watching it, it tonight. I'm going to watch that. And what I saw last night on Hulu is called Devil's Knot. And it's it's Reese Witherspoon is doing is the mom of the West Memphis Three little boys. So it's the story of the West Memphis Three. <gasps> was that, was that a book or something? The Devil's Knot. I mean, I'm sure it probably was. Right. But I don't know this all the story. I just know that there's a question of the people that they arrested oh, for, yeah. the kids. Yeah. That probably didn't do it. I don't think they did do it. I thought it was like a stepdad of one of the girls. Mm. Of one of the boys. Boys. Yeah, boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Any, is there anything else they should watch? There's going to be a long break here. Um, yeah, I love his Twin Fire. Is it Twin Flame? Oh, Twin Flames. I got to watch that too. Okay. So we might have to do some cults episodes. Yeah, yeah. We do need some People cult loved episodes. our cult episodes. Yeah. But now we're going to Arizona where a cult, one of the cult ladies lives now. That's her new home and prison there. It's Lori Vallow. But I'm assuming that's not where we're going today. We are going to Arizona, but it's not a cult. And again, Swoopy sends me these random stories that he gets on Twitter. And he sent me this story. I was going to do Cameron Todd Willingham because that name came up in my Ed Graff story remember there was two dads that were in jail for burning up their kids well Cameron Todd Willingham is the one that got put to death but came out thinking that he probably really didn't do it so I wanted to do that one but I I just didn't want to burn up any kids yet like it was just too close so I will do it before we forget about Ed Graff but I had to move to another story and this one is sad, but it's not burning up kids. Okay. It's a little different. Yeah. So let's go to Arizona. And this is 2005, so kind of recent. And okay. uh, I don't even want to tell you what kind of story it is. I want you to see if you can make some connections. Let's see if you're in the FBI after this episode. Woo! So let's talk. This is May 17, 2005 in Arizona. 39-year-old Tony Mendez hopped on his bike because he went to go help a family. Family that he knows had got their electricity shut off, and it's in Arizona in the summer, and so it's really, really hot. And Tony didn't have, like, money to, like, really help them monetarily, but he was like, I have all this extra bottle of water, and I have some candles, and they have kids. I don't want these kids sitting in the dark. Mm-hmm. So he hopped on his bike and his backpack, and he told his roommate, Ricky, he was like, roommate, BRB, I'm going to go help out this family. I'll be back. So he's going to do this great deed. And Ricky, roommate Ricky, is just outside. And another neighbor comes up. This is like a little bit, you know, maybe about 30 minutes, an hour later. Another friend comes up and says, hey, I was just coming to check on you because I just heard that somebody on a bike got shot. And I know you and Tony ride your bike a lot. Where's Tony? And Ricky was like, he left to go help his family. So Ricky got on his bike, rode down the way Tony was supposed to go, and he saw cops, and he saw a dead body, and he recognized the bike, and it was his roommate, Tony. 
So Tony had um, got shot in the back and it pierced straight through his heart and he died immediately. And the police determined it was a 22 caliber shotgun oh rifle, God. bullet, shell, whatever. And that's usually used for like hunting small game. So yeah. maybe like dove or yeah. sounds right. hogs. I don't know what small game is. Foxes? Ducks? Ducks, Ducks maybe? And now a word from our sponsors. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, but police question Tony's friends and family just to see if he might have had any enemies and he didn't like nobody. They nobody could think of anybody that would want to hurt Tony. So police are just kind of like, I don't we're not sure what's going on. It's random. Is this a drive by? Was he targeted? What is it? One week later, a guy named Reginald Ramiller. He was a Vietnam veteran. He was suffering from schizophrenia, and he lived on the street, so he was homeless. Now, he wasn't like the type of homeless where his family, like he didn't have any family. Like his family would try to get him to come and live with them and get help, but he just was tied to the streets. On this day, um, the family had finally convinced him to go to this assisted living home. So they got his belongings and they were taking him to this assisted living center. And when they stopped at a red light, um, Reginald just got out and took off because he really wasn't ready to go in this assisted living center. Mm -hmm. And the next time he was seen is was on his bench that he would normally sit on, sleep on. And he was slumped over. He was bleeding. He was shot in the throat by a 22 rifle. Mm -hmm. The bullet had severed his carotid artery, and but he lived. He went to the hospital, but died six days later. So, twenty-two caliber. This is about one a.m. in the morning that he was found, and one of the witnesses said that they saw a um, light-colored sedan speed away after the gunshot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming the guy didn't see who shot him in the neck. No. They just saw a light-colored sedan speeding away at that time, around the same time of the gunshot. Mm-hmm. Now, police were questioning the people that knew him. He was homeless, and he was dealing with mental issues, but he was harmless, and he was loved, and um, he they just couldn't figure out who would want to hurt him either. So they're figuring out that this crime may not really have a motive because he really don't have any enemies. So thoughts? Any thoughts yet? Are these were the both of them homeless? Um, no. Tony lived with his roommate Ricky. Okay. Okay. 
So now here's a 20-year-old named David Estrada. He came from a wealthy, wealthy family. His dad was a lawyer. Um, but at 17 years old, when he was 17 years old, his prominent lawyer dad was arrested and disbarred for fraud. And his t- life totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was hard for David to deal with. So he started having mental health issues and eventually started to live on the streets. Mm-hmm. So on June 29th, 2005, so this started in May, now it's the end of June. We're in Tolleson, Arizona. A family was leaving Jack in a Box, probably getting some great Jack in a Box tacos. Mm -hmm. And when they drove out of the drive-thru, their headlight revealed a body on the sidewalk, like spread open. They called 911. When the police got there, the person was dead with a 22 caliber bullet. He had cash around his body. And this was David Estrada, the 17-year-old whose dad was a lawyer. What? Now, um, while they're at that call, police get another call no. saying that somebody's horse was randomly shot in the head by a 22 rifle, 22 <laughs> caliber rifle. Bless. Bless you, bless you, bless you. <clears throat> A horse was also, okay. A horse mm-hmm. was shot. Okay. And then within the next couple of weeks, more calls came in with random dead animals. Neighbor, like, so a house, if they have a neighborhood dog, their dog would be shot. Random it's going dogs. Backwards. Random cats. I'm random pissed. cows. I'm pissed. Random horses. I'm... And even a Mm-mm. boodle, a donkey, was shot. A boodle? <laughs> Burro, B-U-R-O. Borrow? Oh, you were speaking in Spanish. Was caught, was shot by a twenty-two, all twenty-two calibers. Who is this? The twenty-two caliber serial killer? I know. I know. That's what I was. We got a forty-four caliber guy. Who? He, that's David Berkowitz, forty-four caliber man. Oh, son of Sam. Son of Sam. Mm-hmm. So now it's November. So it's. Still progressing. On November 11th, two dogs were shot. And a 13-year-old was outside of his home playing with his dog. And a light-colored sedan pulled up, rolled down the window, put a shotgun out the window, shot his dog that he was playing with, and drove off. (gasps) At least they didn't kill the 13-year-olds. 15 minutes later, okay... A guy named Nathaniel Schaffner was in the front yard, and he was having some beers on his front porch, living the life, (laughs) when a light-colored sedan pulled up with a shotgun. Oh, no. And the shotgun was hanging out the window. But Nathaniel had a couple drinks, and maybe he was just about it, about it, because (sighs) Nathaniel hopped off that porch, went up to that car, and says, what the fuck are you doing, you Bill Clinton-looking motherfucker? (laughs) I had to put that quote in there. <laughs> the The shooter in the car argued with him, tried to shoot him, but the gun jammed up. Why Nathaniel didn't take off running at this time, he didn't because he continued to talk shit. Oh. And there was a second guy in the car that was arguing with the shooter. One of them wanted to leave. Oh one of them wanted to stay and finish the job. 
ultimately Nathaniel was shot and he was just dead, like lying there in the ditch kind of in front of his house. Nathaniel was a little too DTF. I think so. (laughs) One hour later, a cop just got off shift and he lived near Nathaniel and on his way home, he saw Nathaniel lying in a ditch. Oh, my gosh. Now, this cop was not DTF enough. Oh. Because he just rolled down the window, looked at him in the ditch, and said, oh, he's drunk and passed out. And he just called it in, and he went home. He was like, I'm off. This isn't my business. Let me go home. So when the police showed up, they looked at him and said, oh, yeah, he's drunk. We smell the beer. So they didn't even touch him. They didn't try to wake him up. They just called the EMT. When the EMT finally got there, they rolled him over. And, oh, there's blood all in his chest and a bullet wound. And they had realized they smelled beer because the bullet had also went through his. Oh, beer. Beer. beer, Yeah. Um, So he must have just had his beer like right here holding it close to him. And when he was shot, it went through his beer can through his chest. But I guess it didn't come out on the other side because the cops didn't see any blood on the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was rushed to the hospital and he died the next day. And I would just be so pissed because he could have gotten help an hour and a half earlier if the first cop gave a little bit more of shit. Mm-hmm. So now these shootings were all happening in Arizona some Phoenix, but some of the like surrounding areas. So it was like different, maybe jurisdictions, different police departments. So like where we could clearly hear a pattern, 22 caliber, 22 caliber, um, police aren't connecting the dots as of yet. Mm -hmm. So now it's December 29th and it's about 7 PM and a female student was leaving her college class And she walked to her car and her car was full of bullet holes. It looked like somebody had just used it for target practice. But what was crazier, the student had just gotten to Arizona because she had fled an abusive relationship and she was in the witness protection program. Oh, shit. So she was she's like, oh, hell. My he done found me. My ex-husband found me. So she panicked. Because she thought it was her ex. She called the police. Police relocated her immediately. And she had to get a whole new life, hold a new identity somewhere else. They'll later find out that it was not her ex at all. It was a serial killer. <sighs> that same night on December 29th, a chiropractor was locking up his clinic. And his windows were shot out. He saw a light-colored sedan. He wasn't shot, so he was able to give police a description of the car. And later that same day, so December 29th, they were just really trying to end the year strong. They, Timmy, little Timmy, was walking home from work, and he just felt pain in his back, and he thought maybe he had a cramp, and then he thought maybe he was having like a heart attack. His feet got weak, his legs couldn't move, but he pushed through and walked home and discovered that he had a bullet in him. But he survived because wherever he walked to, they called 911. He went to the hospital. Wow. It's so weird, the body, how it works. Yes. How he's shot and it's just 
doesn't even know it and is walking around even though and two more bodies kept were found that night jose ortiz and marco carillo they were both homeless and transients but no one came to claim their bodies so finally finally the police are thinking could we have a serial killer these shootings have to be related Mm-hmm. You know, they're all twenty-two caliber pistol or shotguns. They have to be related. Yeah. So maybe now they're going to start talking to these other police departments. So it's midnight on December 30th. A sex worker gets shot when she approaches the car. Um, she was not able to give much of a description because she lives. Oh. Um, they shot at five dogs this night killing two of them and like these aren't just like stray dogs on the street they're going through neighborhoods and if there's a dog in your backyard or in your front yard they are just shooting them oh my gosh yes so now the the police are talking they're testing the bullets they're connecting the dots and they realize that this has gone on for so long because most of these victims were not top priority victims they are the transients and the homeless. Mm -hmm. Some people didn't claim their bodies, but some you just kind of don't really pay attention to when it's on the news. But they were like, it's not too late. We're going to hold a press conference and we're going to warn everybody to beware. So they get on this press conference and we have an active serial killer. He they were deemed the Phoenix serial shooters shooter. Uh-huh. The Phoenix serial shootings. And they want everybody to beware. Don't be outside unless you have to. Be aware of your surroundings. And so there was a um, hiatus where there was no killing for months. Oh. In April 2006, America's Most Wanted aired. Ooh. And so now it's really out there. And that next month, after a five-month hiatus... A 17-year-old was shot when he left to get his mom some milk from the corner store. He felt, he heard a gunshot. He saw blood on himself. It's like they don't always immediately know that they got shot because it happened yeah, so quick. Yeah, yeah. He looked down, saw blood on his body, and he was able to, able to stagger to a nearby hotel. They called the police and the ambulance, and he ended up living. Wow. Two miles later, a nineteen-year-old. Oh 19 my gosh! How many people? I know she was on her way home from work, and she usually takes the bus, but she missed it. And she had to walk home, and she was shot and killed. And oh, go ahead. I oh, know. Go ahead. What you got? No, I was just like, are these all in the same like vicinity and like happening pretty close to each other in time as well? Yeah. So on the ones on the same days, they're like happening some like blocks over, mm-hmm. streets over, like in the same town. But the ones that are happening on different days, it may be Phoenix, it may be, I don't know, Tucson, it may be all these other little different cities. But it would still be like Central Texas. Right, yeah. You know, like, like Robinson, to close enough, Woodway, yeah. Or like whatever. Temple and Waco. Oh, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. somewhere closer. I mean, somewhere that's further away but still close, I would think yeah. that would be able to be linked. Yeah. Um. The one year anniversary they of it's May seventeenth, so they've been doing this for a year, and they switched it up a little bit. Timothy Davenport was walking when a car passed him, 
and then it turned around really quick and it came up to him and it rolled down the window. The car rolled down the window and said, are you okay? And Timothy was just confused. And then somebody came behind him and stabbed him a whole bunch of times in the back, in the torso and in the face. Ow. This person, and then somebody in the car was yelling, stab him some more, stab him some more, stab him some more. Timothy was able to run. It's like that adrenaline, fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. He was able to run. He ran to a friend's house and he got help, but he ended up having a collapsed lung and lost eight pints of blood, but he lived. And he was able to identify or remember what the driver looked like to give a little bit of a description. Finally. Finally, finally. The rest of that summer, eight more people were killed. How many total is this? 27? We have 12 dead, 18 wounded, 10 animals dead, and a lot more animals injured. I can't even do that math. That's too many. That's it's just too many. Lot. That's just too many. And the police put out a $100,000 reward for the for this shooter. And about this time, there's a break in the case, finally. So a guy named Ron Horton was drinking at a bar with his friend named Samuel. Mm-hmm. Now, Samuel got drunk and began to have diarrhea at the mouth. And he was crying. And he was crying because he felt guilty because him and a friend had killed all these people. Oh my gosh. And he felt so bad about it. What? And Ron was at first like, mm, he's drunk. I don't know if I believe him. But I think like the next day somebody else was killed and that made Ron go to the uh, police because he saw that $100,000 reward. He was about his money. Mm. So he told the police and the police were like, okay, we we need you part of our team. We need you to work with this. Mm -hmm. We want you to call Samuel and arrange another to go hang out at the bar again for some drinks. Police were going to stake out in the parking lot an unmarked car. And they were in the parking lot. Ron was inside. And a light blue Toyota Camry pulled up. The plates were registered to Adele Hausner. Okay. And Samuel got out and went inside and had drinks. They followed the car to the nearby mall. And when Dale got out and went to the mall, they put GPS under his car. Mm -hmm. So now they have a car that kind of has fit the description. They have a name of the guy that the car is registered in. When Samuel got done drinking at the bar with Ron, he called Dale to come back and pick him up. So now they get to follow Dale and Samuel in the car. They have like nine unmarked cars in the around the area so like one will follow him for a little bit they'll turn off and then another one will pick him up so i feel like they're being really smart yeah about it one will follow him for a little bit they'll turn off and they'll pick him up at one point they did not go home they're just driving around the city and they saw him go into the trunk and get a gun bag out of the trunk so they were just stomach was sick and they were worried that they're about to just randomly shoot somebody yeah The other cars that weren't following them, if they saw people out, they would get out. They would tell them to go in, take cover, do not leave because the shooter may be active real soon. So they were trying to save as many people as they can. Mm -hmm. 
Um, now, Dale and Samuel did not end up shooting anybody. They just ended up going home. And so the police got a okay for some emergency wiretaps. Still DTF. So they went to the apartment next door to where Dale and them were, and they wiretapped it. So I guess that's where you are close enough and you can hear all the conversations that's going on in the next room Mm -hmm. without having anything bugged in that room. Oh, yeah. I guess. They put stuff on the walls. Yeah, maybe like through the walls and through the vents. So they were listening, and the conversation was pretty gross. (laughs) Pretty gross. I mean, it was just like they were so excited about being serial killers. (gasps) They were watching the news, and they were excited about all the killings that they have done. Oh, my gosh. They laughed. They would reminisce about some of the victims that they shot and would laugh at the victims' faces right before they were shot. And bragging about when they ambush them from the back, like when they're turned around, they shoot them from the back, how they just fall down dramatically because they don't know what's coming. What? (laughs) They also hear TV going on in the background and the Jungle Book was playing. The movie Jungle Book. (laughs) Because Dale has a daughter there. And they even hear him put his daughter to bed and his daughter said, Daddy, don't kill anybody today, please. <gasps> what? And Dale says, well, okay, <laughs> because you asked. Well, they will not get a chance to oh, kill anybody no. because they were arrested that night. Samuel had to go throw out the trash at the dumpster. SWAT surrounded him. Samuel surrendered without a fight and then gave them the key to the apartment where Dale was. Police snuck in and arrested Dale. So now we have both alleged killers in custody. Mm-hmm. And Samuel is talking because he's the one that kind of felt guilty, maybe. And so he's diarrhea at the mouth. But let's learn who these people are real quick. Dale was born in Nebraska in 1963, and he had a troubled childhood and a horrible tragedy as an adult. He was married and used to live in Texas. And in 1974, his wife and his kids were driving home. His wife was driving, and she fell asleep at the wheel and drove their car into a river. This is Dale and his wife when they lived in Texas. Dale managed to get out, and but he immediately dove back in, trying to get his two boys that were strapped in their car seat out of the back seat. He tried repeatedly, repeatedly, and he couldn't get him out. And so he was unable to. The car sank further and further, and the little boys ultimately died. He got out, and the wife got out, okay, mm-hmm. of this of this car. And their marriage just couldn't survive this, so they mm-hmm. divorced, okay, mm-hmm. because he blamed her. But reconnected like a year later and immediately remarried okay but then he was whooping her ass so he really remarried her to like whoop her ass because he blamed her for killing the kids oh god so she got that marriage annulled and he harassed her for a little bit but then she was questioned and she agreed that he was a great dad he ended up having a kid by another lady and that's where he had that daughter that was in the house watching 
Jungle Book. Oh, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. So those two boys died. He had another daughter, and he was a good dad to this daughter. I mean. Clearly. They're talking about their all the murderers yeah. that he's doing. He worked as a freelance photographer and a self-proclaimed sports writer. And so he met some famous people, which we have an interview by one of these famous um, athletes that he met. That this is the reason why I found the story. Um, he also worked as a bartender and a custodian at the airport. He had done a TV commercial and he had a public access TV show. So he wasn't, he wasn't like too much of a loser. He was a loser, but he was a productive person, I yeah. guess. Worked, had a decent job. Mm-hmm. He also ran a lucrative shoplifting service. <laughs> what? He would take orders from people, like their liquor orders, music, like CDs or movies, and he would go and steal it and then sell it back to them for a discounted price. So if oh. I said, hey, go get me a bottle of Patron, if he stole me a bottle of Patron, he might only charge me $30 for it. Yeah. So he made money off the things that he stole. Good for him. He was also a lady. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He was also a ladies' man. He dated multiple oh. women. He wow. didn't have hinge back then. I don't know what they had. Mm. Um, and the, he would keep detailed journals about his dates, like detailed. And he later said because he had to have a way to keep the women straight. So if he was going out on a second date, oh, yeah. he would go refer to his journal and say, "Oh, Samantha likes this." Yeah, yeah. This. Pretty smart, actually. Yeah. yeah. These women weren't bad looking and they were pretty um, like productive and professional. One of them had their doctorates. So, I mean, maybe he got around. Yeah. Now, Samuel was a little bit different from him. He was born in Minnesota in 1975. He married and fathered a child, but that didn't last very long. He worked as an electrician by trade. But was unable to hold down a job because he couldn't stop doing drugs. Mm. So he ended up unemployed and homeless. Mm. And he moved in with Dale's older brother, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Now, Samuel and Jeff would go and they would steal bottles of booze and get drunk. That's like what they did for fun. Um, but when Jeff introduced Dale and Samuel, they became friends really quick because they both could steal really really well so they decided to start an enterprise they joined like they got dale's lucrative business and then the way that samuel steals they were earning a lot of money from the shoplifting business that they were crawling at their enterprise i love it they're so just you know (laughs) inventive and yeah just I mean, they could have they could have stopped here, but they were also so bored that they <coughs> became very so destructive bored. and would do stupid vandalism. So they would like go gambling, and then when they left out of the casino, they were just slicing random people's tires, or they would just set random fires to like the palm trees outside. Or to people's trees in their the front of their house, they just seemed real. Maybe, bo- like bored. I guess. Like, what is that? Like they Why were just, just ad. Yeah, a- they were untreated ADHD. Is what I think. 
They also would just go into Walmarts and set fires inside the Walmarts just for shits and giggles. And nobody ever got caught on this? They they the had They had got caught in, on one of the cameras, but they didn't know who they were yet. Mm. They just had a face. So if it was these days, their name, they would be on like the... McLennan County mugshots page of I love that. Do you know this you know, person? I just love that page, by the way. <laughs> in case anybody out there is wondering, yeah, it's a great page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you've been featured on it. Yeah, I mean, now, um, okay, so back to the arrest. So that's who they were. They were idiots. They've just got arrested in their apartment. Were some clippings of newspaper articles. And if, of course, it's the newspaper articles that had to do with what they were doing. So their name, the Phoenix Serial Shooters. Um, so it's all over the wall. But also, they had clippings of the Baseline Killer articles. The at baseline. this, the, base, the Baseline Killer. So at this time, so in 2005, 2006, there were two active serial killers in Phoenix, Arizona area working at the same time. Ooh. Two. Like, what are the odds? And they were both known. Like, they knew that here's these people over here shooting. And the baseline killer was a black serial killer. He was a serial rapist. But I didn't, but I don't know what else he did. Because I'm probably going to have to just cover him, too, since it's just linked. Yeah. But what they were doing is competing with the baseline killer. Yeah. So if there was, so a, then they get pissed at each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a criminal minds about this too. Oh. So if there was an article or uh, something came on the news about the baseline killer struck again, they would go out and they would try to like match the number or double it or something. Yeah. So they were competing. I just couldn't imagine. Being alive in 2005, 2006 in Phoenix, Arizona area, knowing that there's two serial killers operating around me at the same time. And one of them shooting just randomly. Random, random, random. So, yeah. Like, you could be pumping gas. You could be walking your dog. Your dog, yeah. They would shoot either you or your dog. And probably, yeah, yeah. So, um... And then this is this wasn't long ago. This was in the two thousands, yeah. and I've never heard of either one of them. No, me either. So uh, Samuel's telling it all right at the police department, and he said that the brothers were doing the shooting together. Um, but they decided to stop, and then that's when Dale started bringing Samuel along, and Samuel confessed to shooting two people total. He shot the sex worker and he shot another guy. He even said that Dale would park sometimes and get out and go watch the person die if there was nobody around. So he would make them get out and they would offer their services like, oh, my goodness, do you need help? Do you need help? But not do anything and just watch them die. That's pretty horrible. Wow. Um. They're both in jail, and Adele, Dale attempts suicide by hoarding over-the-counter meds that were given to him. So he hoards them, and he takes them all at once, but he doesn't die. He just attempts suicide. Oh, my gosh. 
So in 2008, April 2008, Sam pled guilty to the two murders that he took part in. And because he said after that, he would deliberately miss. So he would shoot, but deliberately miss or aim for the animal because he didn't want to kill any more people. This was Samuel's story. So he was working with the police uh, so that he could, they can get the others. Um, he had to stand trial and he had to testify against da- Dale to avoid the death penalty. In May, they connected Dale's brother Jeff as a conspirator. So Samuel said Jeff did most of the shootings. But the only thing that they can link them to was the stabbings. Remember the boy that mm-hmm. they stabbed? And then they did another victim like that. There were two stabbing victims. And they just didn't have enough evidence to prove Jeff to any of the shootings. September 20, 2008, Dale um, was on trial. And he had eight counts of attempted murder, 25, drive-by, uh, 25 counts of drive-by shootings, 27 aggravated assaults. 18 counts of first-degree murder, nine counts of cruelty to animals, three firearm charges, two conspiracy charges, and one arson charge. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) The trial lasted seven months. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because you have to do every single one Mm. of those um, counts. That poor freaking jury. Like, can you imagine being on a jury uh, actually, for seven months? Yes, I can, because in the Young Thug, thug Trial, YSL, mm-hmm. and it's this big RICO case, uh-huh. it took them 11 months to pick the jury. <laughs> and I, that's a whole other deep wow. dive. Because they had one of the, like, uh, bailiffs or whatever got, went to jail or one of the defense attorneys went to jail and somebody else had to write a paper for acting up and then somebody else was handing Percocet to somebody and they had to go to jail. Wow. That's and then ridiculous. and then now that it's finally started, it's a shit show because it's like it's like 10 different defendants or whatever. And so there's the opening statement from the prosecution, which is the state. Then they have the opening statement from defense from like young thug and then from gunna and then i'm not gonna he's but he's but like different all the different people Uh and so each case is they're all being tried together in this room and it's just chaos and the prosecutors are shady and they're like that's too much oh it is they they actually had to put it on pause for last week they put it on pause until january because one of the defendants was stabbed in prison oh shit well, well, well. I know the name. I know Young Thug. I know I've heard of Gunna. I'm pretty sure that Trenton listened to all the music. But it's Young Thug more was recent. in a lot of yes, he's in a lot of popular songs yeah. with like just like with Drake, Rihanna, and uh, he has a bunch of songs that you wow. would recognize. But yeah, wow. Okay, so trial lasted seven several seven months. He was found guilty, but not of everything because it was just hard to prove every mm-hmm. single one of them. And he was eligible for the death penalty. The His defense didn't let him testify, but he did address the jury. And when he addressed the jury, he compared himself to Manson. And he says, when you think of Manson or some of these other, you know, popular serial killers, you'll think of Hausner. But it's like, no, nobody knows who you are. I accidentally 
found you because you're <laughs> connected to a professional athlete in a second and we're about to hear this so never heard of hausner never heard of the phoenix serial shooters nope. but Zero. you know why it's uninteresting like you just shoot you just random yeah. like there's no there's no mo there's no i mean your pattern is the same gun but gun but that's stupid but like it's just uninteresting yeah so that's why nobody knows who you are um so that was his testimony he obviously was given the death penalty jeff hausner so his older brother Got 11 years for one of the stabbings, 18 years for the other stabbings, and he was already in jail for seven years for stabbing that he did. So he was just Stabby McStabberston. <laughs> Stabby McStabberston. July 2009, Samuel was finally sentenced because he had to go through the trials of all of them oh, because yeah. he had to testify. He was the narc. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, which to me, to Sam, to like, I feel like to Samuel... Like, he was homeless. He was on drugs. He was a transient. Like, this is giving him stability. It's giving yeah. him somewhere to sleep every night. He's getting, like, three square meals. So it's probably not that bad of a punishment if to him. If I was homeless, I would probably rather be in prison, too. Yeah. Um, and then in 2013, on June 5th, 2013, Dale overdosed in prison on an antidepressant that he got from another inmate. Well, good for him. But yeah. he didn't die? Or he's the one who did die? Nope, he died. Oh, well. He overdosed and died in prison. So he attempted one time when he first got arrested, and then he got some random, which is like, what antidepressant can you overdose on? Well, he found one. I didn't get the name. Uh, I heard about healthcare.gov and how easy it this was. This is how I found, or Soupy sent this to me, and I kept mentioning, remember I said that Dale was tied to a, oh shit. I'm clicking and clicking and clacking and. Okay, so Soupy sent this to me, and it only caught my eye because he was, Attached to a famous athlete because he was a sports writer and he was a photographer. So he met a famous athlete, took a picture with this athlete outside of one of the venues. And I'm just going to play it and let's see if you can recognize this athlete's voice. When you recognize it, I'll show you the video. I'm working out and... It's Ramadan, and I'm not working out, but I'm just doing an interview. And I'm doing an interview with this guy. And I'm talking a little scared. He got very little hands. You know those little white guys with small little hands? And he's nice. And some guys were picking on him. And I said, yo, chill out. Leave him alone. You know, I got my Ramadan stuff on. I think I'm religious. So I come over. I'm talking to him and stuff. He's very tiny, petite little guy. Thank you. And thank you, sir. And then he leaves. I do the interview. Two or three days come by. SWAT has the whole gym surrounded. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And because I went out the night before, and I'm saying to myself, who else did I grab? <laughs> Shit, why is SWAT here? <laughs> and then I said, but then I said, hey, if um if I grabbed my hands, it wouldn't be the feds here, right? So I'm saying, what the hell did I do? So they come in, and they show a picture of me and this guy shaking hands. 
I'm saying, fuck, this guy's probably to have a lawsuit. I must have did something and got this guy nervous or something. And he said, do you know this guy? And I said, well, listen, I was promoting a fight, and I must have got a little animated, and he may have gotten scared. If anything happened, I'm just sorry. I didn't mean to. And then he snatched the paper back. The picture back, no, Mr. Tyson, he liked you. He didn't like the 20 people he shot and the eight that he killed. What? Wow, he was the baseline shooter. He was a serial killer. He was the, he was the boxing writer, too. The skinny little white yeah, look, guy look, that you were... Mike Tyson and serial killer. Check that out. No, really. The skinny little white guy you were describing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick Tyson. Bet David? That's that show he's on? David Hausner? Yeah, Hausner. Oh, yeah. yeah, check him out. That little fucker, right? Look at his hands. <laughs> look at it. No, I'm serious, man. Y'all laughing. Look at his hands. He's a little small. Look, he looks like... Yeah. He was, and and the interview is like, oh, Mr. Tyson. Oh, my God. I'm such a fan. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, look, it's okay, brother. Don't worry. Nobody's going to fuck with you. Because they were f fucking with him outside. You know what I mean? I said, don't worry about it. I got you. And I thought something happened, you know. I'm and he turned out to be a mass murderer? Yeah, he, he, he shot 28 or something, eight, but he killed eight. Rob, scroll down and see the story. Find out how many people he killed. He killed eight, but I know he shot around 20 of them. Dirty motherfucker. And he, got, he committed suicide in prison, so I guess that turned out great. He committed suicide in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you met, again, you met a lot of uh, uh, weird cats. Listen. Listen would this guy be at the top? 29 people he shot, eight he murdered. What? Yeah. Listen, listen, this Nine. is my life. Listen, I must draw these kind of people because I'm, I'm in Australia, right? And I'm taking pictures with people, right? And one side of me, after they get the picture, I got the Aryan guy right here with the big beard. So. He's so hard to listen to. <laughs> and then he had it all mixed up. It's okay. He's probably got brain damage. Mm -hmm. He said the baseline shooter, but there's actually, that's two different serial killers. There's the baseline serial killer, and then there's this Phoenix serial shooter. So stay tuned for the baseline later. Was that recent, that show? That I don't podcast? Know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe. Let me see. I just know the guy. who I know the show. The show, Patrick Bet David. Seven months ago. Okay. So more recent than than that. So there is wow, the, serial, the, the famous serial killer that you never heard of. That you never heard oh, of. That compared herself to Manson. How about that lady who got out that was one of Manson's followers and she like killed these people and uh -huh. she just gets to get out after 56 years or whatever? Mm. I guess so. Wow. I guess so. Could you imagine, like, what do you do? You're like, you're like, Everything's changed. 50 years? Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. I'd be like, just put me back just in there. Just put me back I in mean, there. I mean, you live there. That's, you just. That's, that's the norm for you. I, don't know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so did you feel sorry for Dale? Okay. Dale's the one that's kids drowned in the car. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, like his whole life changed. But you would think that would make him have sympathy, I guess, and not hate everybody in the world. I mean, to where you just go and just randomly shoot people. And are we sure he didn't really try to get them out of the car? <laughs> well, his wife and and people, from what I read, his wife and people like testified to. I mean were the witness to him attempting and trying. But it was just too late. I mean, you got 30 seconds. These are babies. I mean, Toddlers. she you fell got... asleep driving. She fell asleep at the, wheel at the wheel and drove into a... Did 
like went off the road and went to a river. I guess it was real fast that it happened. He couldn't like pull the wheel and wait for it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that part I thought it was going to be something with that. Like mm-hmm. it was seeming kind of shady and just like a Susan Smith situation here. Like I don't know. Well, it seemed just like um, he was maybe a normal. I mean, his childhood wasn't great. His childhood went great, and he had a lot of undiagnosed things. So that was probably just his excuse to push him over yeah, the edge. He yeah. was probably going to be do something stupid anyway. Yeah, probably. But I, I did feel sorry for him because I think if there's anything to push you over the edge, it's watching maybe your two toddlers That's die true. in the That's back true. seat. But then why are you going killing uh, random dogs? That's really <laughs> what I'm concerned about is the dogs. <laughs> yeah, and then why did you and a cow do human? What does a cow got to do with it? No horses and, and a donkey. horse and yeah. donkeys. So why did you start off with humans, go to animals, and then go back to humans? Like you're this right, it was is, backwards. He, they were just this bored. This is why nobody wants to talk about you playing. because you're stupid and you're annoying. And it doesn't make sense. Like, at least have some kind of like consistency. You have no consistency. We don't want to talk about you. Yeah. It's like they were just, it's target practice. Like it was just fun. Yeah. You could do that with like a can instead of a dog. Just shoot a can. Gosh. I mean, the cat, I'm not mad about the cat, but everything else. (laughs) Everything else I'm mad about. Damn it. He's probably from Utah, so. Yeah. Um, Yes. I forgot where it said he was from. Wisconsin? No. I'm going to go with Utah. I forgot. (laughs) I'm going to go with Utah. Probably. It's close. Okay, that is it. There's Good your story. story. And um, we'll never talk about him again because... Because it's trash. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. he did. Yep. All right, we will see y'all next week for a quickie and for a full episode. And um, real soon for Dirty Chad, possibly just another bonus episode we'll put on Patreon. Caroline, have you... I told everybody what I am over. Like, I'm over Elf on the Shelf. Are you over anything right now? Does anything, Um, like, just piss you off or that you're just over it in life that you think others should know? um, I'm over that I continue to find holes in my socks. (laughs) I think it's time for new new socks. New socks. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you walk... In no, your socks, they're a lot? in the heels. They're in oh, the back from running. Yeah, so it happens I, when you run. Now I put. A, I'm like, how many freaking pairs of socks do I have with holes in them, and why I'm not, do I not have new socks? But do you run heel to toe when you I run don't know. or walk? I barely run, but so I don't. I think they're just old. But do you have a heel strike? No, I don't know. I'm gonna watch you walk. You might have a heel strike. When I used to run I a lot, I would have a heel socks. Strike. Well, but and it also causes more friction right there, so it's, it's easier the, to tear. Yeah. See, so I have a to take up a beef Collection. with the sock creator agency. <laughs> Caroline's had it with holes in her socks. I've had it with holes in my socks. Um, we need you to get some socks in your stocking this year. I know. So Santa out there, Elf on the Shelf, can somebody on their Elf on the Shelf bring their Elf to me and leave me some socks? I've kind of had it with Santa, too. But <laughs> it's okay. I won't even go on that one. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next week. And tell us. Um, I found a new podcast called I've Had It, and that's why it's in my head. It's the I've Had It podcast. Go listen to them. They're hilarious. Um, and that's why I was asking Caroline that. Okay. I'll come up with some better ideas (laughs) of what I could be tired of. Because apparently I had a good week, so I don't know.
All right. We'll see you all next week. Don't forget to stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Hey, I'm Blair. And I'm Brittany. And we're the host of By the the Cover Cover Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. Don't forget the smut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For sure. You can find us on Instagram at by the cover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok. So don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. And we are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Summer. And this is Monsters in the Attic. So we thought we'd bring people on. It's very real, and we're fortunate to have a lot of friends who have a lot of monsters, and we can't wait to share them with you. I love that, that we're so fortunate that we have so many friends with so many monsters. Where can people find us? Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere they listen to their favorite podcast. They can find me at my therapist office. As they should. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.